Good afternoon. Live from 4th Street in downtown Louisville, WFPK presents our weekly live music showcase, Live Lunch. And now, from our performance studio, here's your host, Laura Shine. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. We are so excited to have our uh, special guest with us. She's known as a singer-songwriter in her own right, with sec- uh, several chart-topping singles and albums to her credit, and also as a member of the first family of country music, the Carter family. She's the daughter of June Carter Cash and country singer Carl Smith, the stepdaughter of Johnny Cash, and she's just released a new album that proudly claims her heritage as a Carter family member, carrying forward many family favorites and giving them a contemporary spin with Carter Girl, now on Rounder Records, just came out. Please give a warm WFBK welcome to Carlene Carter. And uh, today's live lunch is going to be just a little different in our format. We're going to be talking with Carlene, get, gathering a lot of stories, I'm, I am sure, and also hearing songs from the new record that she's going to play for you. We want to talk about your life and, and the new album, and I th- figure by talking about the new album, we're going to learn a lot about your life. Yeah, and I also, I don't have no set script, so we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> It'll be fun. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I understand you felt a, a strong responsibility uh, with this record. You titled it Carter Girl, and it was to carry the legacy of the Carter family forward. Yes. Well, uh, well of course, you know, um, obviously, as, I, as I've gotten older, I actually started to feel the responsibility of it. You know, as while everyone was still alive, as my grandmother was still alive, and my mom and my aunts were still alive, and I got to work with them, I didn't feel like I had to be, you know, keeping anything alive. And then, of course, after a a good amount of time has gone by, I felt like it was the right time to get out there and claim this Carter family music and carry it on and pass it around. And hopefully, you know, people that aren't familiar with some of the stuff are going to learn some new songs from me. Uh, I sure did. I, you know, I went through about 400 to 450 songs to find myself down whittle it down to 12 and that was quite a process and um yeah it was pretty daunting did you look over the uh the carter family box set is that something you yeah i used the in the shadow clinch mountain pretty much as my as my bible uh of um you know information it was what i did is i went through uh all the songs i wrote down all the songs i could think of that i had sang with them or that i knew uh knew of or knew uh and then i went through the box set, and by that point I had maybe like 150. So I went through the box set and I discovered some that I had never heard of and, and never heard them sing. So that was a joy. You know, there's several of, of them on there. But then I also tried to cover the three generations of Carter uh, family music, as in AP, Maybell, and Sarah being the original Carter family. And, I, and it's like, basically, once you're a Carter, you're a Carter. It don't matter which generation you're in. It's just like, ladies and gentlemen, the Carter family. It could actually be just me and Helen, you know, <laughs> whoever was at the show. And it's like, and they would be, or it could be as many as eight to ten people. And they're going, oh, well, which one's that one? I don't know. I didn't know there's boys in there other than AP. <laughs> but so I did. I tried to, uh, you know, honor the second generation as well as put some a couple of my songs in there. 
that mm-hmm. I thought related to the uh, the music of the Carter family. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about the album, but you mentioned your Aunt Helen. Oh, Aunt Helen. She was a pistol. Yeah. She was the be- She was the one that, uh, I always call her the glue of the Carter sisters. She was the one that knew every part. I mean, they all pretty much did, but she knew every single part, and if anybody wasn't up for it that day, she'd just switch her part and, and do that for them. Uh, she knew every word to every Carter family song. She could play like Grandma, and she was the one that would call me early in the morning when I was a young mother, uh, living in her trailer, and say, "Come on over here today, and uh, let's write a song. When you get when you get Tiffany down for a nap, we'll put her down for a nap, and we'll write a song." So I had this great time with my aunt Helen. Then, of course, she was great to play practical jokes on. Um, there was a there were several instances. <laughs> my little sister did some funny things. She always was. Um, this may be a little racy, but it, it's I don't say any bad words in it. Um, <laughs> but she, we, we, we played tons of pranks on her, but she, uh, she, every night after the show, she, there'd be a fruit plate in the room and she'd grab a banana and take it to her room. And so the whole, the whole joke with Helen and the banana was Rosie and I decided that we were going to put condoms on the bananas to see what she did. <laughs> She goes, Rosie, Carlene, you're going to get me in trouble with Uncle Glenn. He'll kill me. So, yeah, she was just always so much fun and always the one that wanted to practice and wanted to play. And you play a song of hers, Poor Old Heartsick Me. Yeah, this is a classic Helen Carter song, and um, I'm going to do the best I can on it. I, I love this song, though. It's called Poor Old Heartsick Me. sick me twice as lonely as a girl ought to be what will the future be for poor old heart sick me I thought that I was immune to that big yellow moon with its magic that all lovers know in the moonlight it's hard to keep a heart on guard Against love is waiting to grow Held so close in your arms All my cares for long Just rolled off like waves in the sea When you cast me aside I just broke down and cried Poor old heart sick me Poor old heart sick me Twice as lonely as a girl ought to be What will the future be For poor old heartsick me it up every time but every time I'm at home practicing it is great it's perfect but every time I got anybody that counts watching me I mess it up <laughs> it's apparent to me God made Adam for Eve just the same as he made you for me what if Adam like you had gone off rambling too what kind of world would this be you don't want to admit that you too have been bit by that love bug 
Apocalypse. Why don't you realize you just mean paradise? Poor old heartsick me. Poor old heartsick me. Twice as lonely as a girl ought to be. What will the future be for poor old heartsick me? For poor old heartsick me. Carlene Carter is our guest here on WFBK's Live Lunch, member of the Carter family, hence the title of the new album called Carter Girl. And you talked about only getting to be able to fit 12 songs on this record. So yeah. I'm wondering, are there more Carter Girl albums on the way? Well, I, I think one of the th one of the questions that I did get asked when I first like hooked up with my manager and stuff, he said, I think we could make a whole series of these. And that's what I kind of intend to do uh, so that I can keep on carrying it on in the all the generation kind of factor because it wasn't really fair for Helen to just have one song on there. She wrote hundreds of songs and, uh, and then we've got 400 more to pick from, from the AP Carter file. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then also I'm writing songs too. So, uh, always do that. This is the first record that I'd ever done that I didn't write 98% of the album. So it was a little bit different for me, but at the same time I would shed it and I'm, Got all the songs to feel like I had written them. You know, I wanted, and I picked them because I wish I had written them. And uh, th they weren't the only ones I wish I'd written. There was a lot more. And I also didn't want to pick the, the usual ones that everybody always covers. Uh, I mean, certainly Keep on the Sunny Side has been done so well by so many people. Y'all didn't need to hear it again from me. Uh, I could do it live someday. But right now I wanted to, people to hear some different things. Did you ever have a choice to not be a musician? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my mom was all about education. And uh, I, for those of y'all who don't know much about me, I got married at a very young age. Um, and you're either dumb or pregnant when you get married at 15. And I was both. And I'm <laughs> proud of it. As I have a beautiful 42-year-old daughter <laughs> and seven grandchildren. Hello. And... Um, Anyway, the thing was, is I was, I went to college early. I, instead of being a junior in high school, I took my GED and I went straight to college. And they asked me, what do you, what do you know how to do? And what do you want to major? And I didn't even know what a major was yet. Uh, so I thought music. I loved the, playing the piano and I'd taken piano lessons forever. So I studied music at Belmont College in Nashville on, um, to fall back on if I needed to have a job as a um, piano teacher. Mm -hmm. And I taught piano all the way through school. I was just telling somebody's story uh, back in one of the offices about that's how I paid for my piano that I still write all my songs on to this day. Mm -hmm. Is I went to the bank and got a loan and I charged $5 an hour to teach little kids. But my rule was I didn't want anybody over 12 because then that way they couldn't be too advanced. <laughs> <laughs> um. You, you mentioned your mom, June Carter, June Carter Cash, and uh, what an amazing musician she was. Yeah, and oh songwriter, too. Yeah, songwriter, yeah. absolutely. What did she impart to you about the music business? Oh, well, I, I will say that it was, she really told me, instilled in me that I could be and do anything I wanted to in my life, and um, that basically my life was preordained, it was already written, and... 
that I never had to worry about what was going to happen because it was going to happen. It, it already had happened, kind of. Um, so she encouraged me to to follow my dreams, whatever they happened to be at the, at that point in time. And so I also went fearlessly into this in a lot of ways because I grew up around it, and I've never felt stage fright or any of that of those things that some people struggle with. I didn't have that. Everybody's my friends. We're like we're sitting in my living room right now. That's the way I look at it, and um, and that's how I grew up. So mom said to follow your heart to um, carry on the music of the Carter family and to write songs. That was the big one. And she said, if you can ever just write one ring of fire, which I don't know if I've got <laughs> one of those in me, but, but hey, life ain't over yet. You never know. Uh, she said it will, you know, feed you for a long time. So she was very practical about it as well as, you know, the fact that uh, I wanted to do this because I was just born to do it. I didn't, they didn't push me. They didn't. They gave, what they did is they if you're standing on the side of the stage watching, they called you out. And it didn't matter if you were good or bad. I mean, you could be really, really, really bad and be out in front of thousands of people. And um could be horribly embarrassing. And I was just cute enough to get away with it when I was real little. <laughs> I was really bad. And I was shy. And I wanted, uh, there, I actually heard this tape of Mama in 1959 say, look at her. She's scrawny little thing. She can't sing worth the hoot. And <laughs> oh, no. she can't be my daughter. She won't say nothing. And she's like giving me a hard time. I'm going, Mama's using me as a comedy prop here. <laughs> and, um, so I'd learned uh, uh, fee, five, foe, fum. I smell smoke in the auditorium. Well, when you hear the tape, my little voice goes, <laughs> you know, it's pretty pathetic. And uh, Mama says, no, do it like you practice it in the car. And I said, I'll do it in the car. And Mama goes, you can't get all these people in the car. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember your mom writing songs, like sitting down and writing songs? I and do. And I remember her writing Rain of Fire. Really? Yeah. And I was really young, but I remember it. And I remember the night that Merle Kelgar came over. And, you know, there's been all this debate, uh, you know, in an archival about um, whether how much Merle actually wrote of that song and, and was it written really by Johnny Cash or, you know, all these different sort of myths that go around in the world. Well, I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. She gave Merle, Merle Kilgore half of that song because he had encouraged her to be a songwriter, and that was her reasoning. And I have other witnesses that were there that are much older than me, probably um, maybe not even still here. But I um, I always thought that was such a sweet thing for her to do. And he had championed her and helped her mold things, and she knew it was a good one. So there you have it. That's right. it. I've never told anybody that in public. <laughs> so I guess I just told a whole bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Carlene Carter is our guest here on WFBK's Live Lunch. Her new album's called Carter Girl on Rounder Records. And you do you cover a June Carter song on the new album, Tall Lover Man. Yeah. How come that one? Uh well it's you know, my mom had a very vivid imagination and she was prone to exaggeration. Uh, you know, anytime she told a story it would get more and more inflated and more and more sort of uh, viv you know, flary and, and, you know, colorful. And, <laughs> uh, so her songwriting kind of 
did that too. Well, the song that I recorded is about, um, I just had to think, how did my little blue-eyed, red-headed mama, sweet as could be, write a song about a man that she happens to find her lover is married to another woman, and she decides that that can't possibly be happening, so she stabs him and then kills herself. So as a little murder-suicide little ditty that June wrote... (laughs) Little ditty. Well, it's yeah. called Tall Lover Man. You want me to do that That'd be one? wonderful, yeah. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Okay, I got to get it in my head. Two lovers stood in white, white sand. Dark-eyed maiden and her tall lover man. With surprise and pain in her eyes She clung to the hand of her tall lover man They're lying to me, are they, Jim? She asked him That fair-haired girl with those blue-blue eyes Is not your wife, is she, Jim? With tears in her eyes Sad, sad cries She clung to the hand of her tall lover man In the darkness he let go of her hand I'm not to blame It was a game Cause that fair-haired woman is my wife and she will be all of my life You're lying to me, aren't you, Jim? She asked him If loving me was sport Then your life shall be short She said to him My Jim And the blade of the maid struck the man And the blood flowed in the sand From her tall lover man Two lovers lying in the white, white sand I'll die with you, my tall lover man And a blade found its mark in the dark She died in the sand with her tall lover man They're lying to me, aren't they, Jim? She asked him that fair-haired girl won't be your wife, will she, Jim? With tears in her eyes and sad, sad cries, she died in the sand with her tall of a man. Tall of a man. Carlene Carter, live on WFBK's Live Lunch. 
And WFPK's Live Lunch series is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. And thanks also to the City Cafe with Citywide Delivery for any event for providing lunch for our members today. Next week on Live Lunch, we're going to go to uh, the University of Louisville's Red Barn. And we have Heidi Howell with us, who's a Louisville singer-songwriter, has some twang to her music, really enjoyable. That's next week on Live Lunch. And lunch will be provided by the Student Activities Board. So we hope you can join us then. That'll be at noon at uh, University. University of Louisville's George J. Howe Red Barn with Heidi Howe, who is the daughter of George J. Howe, by the way. So we're looking forward to that. You can go to WFPK.org, listen to past programs there, check out who else is coming in the next few weeks. Uh, today we've got Carlene Carter, a member of the Carter family. So thrilled to have you here today, Carlene. Thank you. I'm having a great time. And, and this lunch smells so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a really good time, but I'm looking forward to my sandwich afterwards. <laughs> we got it in the fridge for you. Um, so the new album is Carter Girl. It's carrying forward the, the legacy of the Carter family. And I was curious what it was like when the whole family came together. And let's say, you know, it's not to produce an album, but just to be together. What, what, what were those family gatherings like? Well, it was a lot of eating mm-hmm. and a lot of catching up because, you know, usually there was somebody that was always out of town. And so there was a lot of visiting and catching up. But we had a great kind of tradition in our family that if we had anybody over for dinner or we all got together, we did this thing where you called uh, scene for your supper. And we would go down in our round room by the lake, uh, that lake house uh, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And everybody had to do something. And then we'd pass the guitar around. And if you couldn't sing, you had to tell a joke or you had to tell a story or had to do a funny dance or some magic trick or something. And the amount of people that came through there over the years was amazing. But mostly it was family-oriented and everybody always... We used to look forward to those things, and I would actually try and write a new song for it, and Roseanne would do the same, and and my little sister Rosie, we would all, you know, get our little bit in there. And there was this one particular night where Paul McCartney happened to be there. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, (laughs) oh, I was so... uh, He played Lady Madonna on the tiki-tack piano, which I actually have in my house now, one of those old-fashioned... And he played Lady Madonna, and I'm going... Oh, and then I suddenly realized that I'm next. <laughs> you had to follow I'm like, You know, and I'm like 19, 17, 18, 19, 19 years old. And um, it was right around John's birthday. Uh, can I go into a song from this? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It was right around John's birthday. And I called him Big John. I also called him Daddy. But we'll call him Big John. <laughs> We're talking about Johnny We're Cash. John, Johnny Cash, right. yeah. Well, it was around his birthday, and uh, what do you give Johnny Cash for his birthday? <laughs> Especially if you're his daughter and you're living in a trailer and you got and you're pregnant and you got a couple of uh, and you got a little girl, little tiny girl, and barely getting by, you know, trying to do everything and and be a songwriter. Well, I knew songs meant a lot to him, so I wrote this song for him. And many years later, after they passed away. I've come to find out that they had actually recorded it, him and Mama, and I was able to put my voice on it and sing with them again mm. a couple of years after they passed away. And um, they, another funny story about it is, and I don't tell me if I'm talking too much. You're not. Okay. You go right All right. So, because uh, I could talk to a post, but you're really nice. <laughs> Thanks. <like> <laughs> uh, but um, the funniest thing about it was, I gave John this song. I played it to him and. And he said, oh, that's great. That's going to be my next single. I'm going to cut it tomorrow. I'm going to the studio tomorrow. I'm going to cut it. Well, 
years go by, <laughs> nothing happens. And uh, I get a call from Waylon Jennings, who had heard this song through, you know, guitar pulls around town, you know. And he said, I want to cut this. I'm in the studio right now. And I said, well, I got to ask John first, you know, because I gave it to him. And so I called John up and I said, Waylon, and I was really excited because Waylon had just done Ramblin' Man and was, and I really needed a cut, you know. And so John says, no, it's going to be my next single. He can't have it. <laughs> um, but he did end up cut, cutting it, but I never knew that he did. So you just have to kind of imagine me as a young girl singing this to a uh, man that was so wonderful to me and, and treated my sister and I just as if we were his own blood. And, um, yeah, anyway, got a little misty there for a moment, as we all do sometimes. Uh, it's called It Takes One to Know Me. Okay, that's unacceptable. I gotta fix that little note right there. Hold on a second. Okay. It's true that you used to be crazy and harder to love than most men, and the blood that ran through your tired old hands was hotter and wilder back then. You don't seem as tall as you used to But maybe it's just that I've grown You're the one that held my hand when I fell And I just couldn't make it alone Lift out all the stories And say all the old songs It takes one to know me And I guess you're the one Daughters are ladies of fortune And your son and heir to the throne And though this crown I hold is tarnished and cold It's a symbol of all that you've owed Sometimes I wish I was younger and could pick up the pieces and run But then I look back on the matter of fact And it's a race that we've already won Lift out all the stories And sang all the old songs takes one to know me and I guess you're the one it takes one to know me and I guess you're the one well, that's beautiful thank you
That is a beautiful song. Thank you so much. And you wrote that when you were about 17, you I say? I was like 17. Wow. I think they cut it somewhere in the 80s. They did, you know, there's a new record out called Out Among the Stars uh, by Johnny Cash. And there's, um, that's not on there, but it was from around that period of time in the 80s. Uh, that he and mom had recorded that, and then to be able to put my voice on it. Well, Out Among the Stars, I actually got to do that again. Mm -hmm. There was a duet of a song that I had taught to, taught them from uh, an album I had done in 1980 called uh, Baby Ride Easy. So that song that's on there, I got to sing with them again. My little brother, John Carter Cash, calls me in and says, hey, can you do some harmony on this? So that's the kind of cool thing about getting to... Uh, you know, the technology of today is that we actually can still sing with them. And anytime I miss hearing their voices, I can play a record and hear them. And my son says the sweetest thing. His name is Jackson. And he says, all I have to do when I want to hear him say my name is listen to the song Jackson. Mm. I know, yeah. Isn't that sweet? That's very sweet. He's a very sweet boy, my my young man. And you also have a song on the new album, Carter Girl, that features the Carter family, or at least your aunts are on there, and June yeah. and Johnny. And Yeah, I, unfortunately they couldn't make it today, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? But that, no. that, that was a, I thought that was really cool. Um, I Ain't Gonna Work Tomorrow is the name of the song. Yeah, I Ain't Gonna Work Tomorrow, and that was really neat because those are from some sessions that I, I you know, over the years I would infiltrate the Carter family yet again. Whenever I didn't know what to do musically when I was kind of like at a standstill in my career or needed some inspiration, I would go back and worm my way back in the Carter family and get back to my roots and would always inspire me because singing with my family was the most natural and most wonderful blessing in life that I've ever experienced. It was very joyful, joyful stuff. And uh, so it would always inspire me to continue on. Well, I joined up with the Carter family in the mid-'80s and worked with them for two years. Well, I got all mad about the fact that they didn't have a record contract, and I started getting them all riled up about it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the Judds are out there. The Forrester sisters. I was just naming them off one after one. I said, this is the Carter family. We need to be on a record. So uh, I guess it was just my exuberance of my youth that got them all riled up. So we went in the studio with Cowboy Jack Clement, and we cut 44 songs in four days or something like that. I mean, we just sat down in a circle. We had a couple of extra guys with us. Marty Stewart played mandolin. Uh, Junior Husky played upright bass. And Kenny Malone played his funny little drum thing. And we made this record. Uh, well, we have all these tracks. Well, I ended up with some of them. And this is one of the masters. And we, what we, Don was produced my album. What we did is we just kept Cowboy's guitar and all the voices and then we built the track around it so it went with the music that we did you know so it sounded like they were there and they were there in spirit for sure i was going to ask what that's like to sing with a recording like that hearing people that you love and emotional. you and you knew so well and then yeah i mean I, you know there was a time i would not have been able to do that now i i look at it as a as a a gift that I can even be able to do that, you know, and uh, and and it makes me feel good. And I always cry after. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I always cry, and and I have to remove myself somewhat to be able to not be a blubbering mess half the time, uh, because I want. That's part of the reason of waiting so long on this record, 
after they after my mom had passed was that I needed to get to where it, well, I could go out and talk about this and not sit here and go. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> miss them, yeah. which I do, but of course, it, you know. Yeah. Why was now the right time to do this record? Because um, I've heard you say that this record's been in you for a lifetime. It but has now, been. now was the right time. It was a matter of respect. It was not like I didn't feel like that. You know, jumping out there right after mom had passed and kind of claiming the mantle of I'm going to carry on the Carter family. I thought that was a little. Uh, disrespectful in some way and and that was just my own personal thing and obviously I could have done that any time in my career I could have done a record like this it means more to me now because it feels like it's the right time and everything about this record I had like a wish list of five things I don't even have to go into they all came true I mean I wanted to be on rounder records I wanted to work with Don was I wanted the manager that I have Randy Hoffman who was so instrumental in putting all of this together and making it happen because it I've been out of the music business for a while I hadn't I haven't done uh basically not a lot in the last um 15 years I've done one record which was really close to my heart because it was a lot of songs that were very autobiographical and stuff called stronger and I knew that this this neck this record was the next one, and I I spent a year just researching and and woodshedding and uh, the thing about it is it's like I know these songs by osmosis and I, I uh, hearing them growing up, but I only ever learned one verse of the ones I sang because there was all they were there. <laughs> I only got to sing one verse, <laughs> so I had to like really own these and make them mine and not try to recreate what they did but to uh do it in my own way to have that work how do you think they would have received this record oh they are grooving and they are watching over this and i i really believe that i really believe my angels of protection are all around me in this whole this whole uh train ride that i've been on of trying to get here to where i am right now with you and uh, talking about this record and playing the songs from it, and I continue to do it. For, I'm going to continue to do it till the day they're wheeling me in here. You know? <laughs> Carlin Carter is our guest here on WFBK's Live Lunch, and we're talking about the new album called Carter Girl, now out on Rounder Records, which was produced by Don Was, who mm-hmm. you mentioned. How? Why? Why did you wish for Don Was to be the producer? He is one of the most versatile. Um, artist producer i say that in the sense that he he really understood where i was coming from with this he get he got the musical heritage factor of it he was a fan of the carter family he was a fan of of uh, my mom and helen and anita he knew about this music some people wouldn't think that as he produces the rolling stones and stuff but he's actually quite the musicologist and the thing that I've always really loved about him is he's the great guy. You know, you got you know got to surround yourself with good people. He's an awesome guy, extremely talented, and he knows how to put the right people in the right place. But one of the, his greatest gifts, I think, is he's able to actually capture capture the artist's personality. And in the making of this record. They played with me. They listened to, uh, basically these songs started out the way I'm playing into you with the, this, the guitar and the voice, and they the band uh, accentuated upon that. Instead of, we had these tracks that they played, and then I'm singing. You know, it's not the same thing. And um, 
he was he did that. That was him. I I always wanted to do that, but I tried to fire myself off the guitar a bunch of times. Like every single song, I was like, "Don't I? You know, surely somebody can play this better than me." And he's like, "No, no, this is part of it. You've got to do this. It, it's simple. It's just straight ahead." I did the best I could to try and carry on the car to scratch, but <laughs> Grandma and Helen were pretty hard act to follow. <laughs> I, I figure by the time I finish promoting this record, I'll have it down pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you call it the Carter Scratch. Yeah. Where's that, what's that come from? Well, it, she, my grandmother influenced a lot of guitar players uh, over the years, like Chad Atkins being one of, of them that has talked about a lot, but there's countless other ones that uh, were influenced. She basically, out of necessity in the 1920s, when Ralph Peer recorded them up in Bristol, Tennessee, for the um, uh, the first recording sessions of the Carter family, they she developed a style where she could play the melody. Up until that point, the fiddle had always been the lead instrument that was the melodic part of it, and the guitar was purely a, a rhythm instrument. And she developed this style where her thumb played the melody while her finger kept going like this. Like. Okay, I can't really do it because I don't have the, the right picks on, but mm -hmm. I can do it with a flat pick. It's not how, she did it with the other ones. But anyway, it's great because it, it's just a very simple melody, but she always got these little... You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> again, yet again, I do it perfect at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you spend some time teaching yourself how to how to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and also, too, the, the nice thing, one of the, the greatest gifts that I'm I'm is being bestowed upon me about this record is that I'm going out by myself and I'm telling my stories and I'm talking uh, about the record. But I'm also playing by myself, which has freed me up to no end. I had no idea how great it could be to not have to be worried about what anybody else is doing around me. And uh, it's, you know, I've only done maybe six or seven shows by myself for 90 minutes. And uh, it, that's pretty scary when you've always had somebody up there or mm -hmm. somebody helping you play or playing the leads or something. And I found that I can do it. It's all about the songs anyway, and what people want to hear, particularly with this music, is the songs. It's not about recreating some, you know, sort of pop country hit on the radio and trying to recreate that in this room right now. I'd need, uh, you know, 45 people. My old records had 100 acoustic guitars on the hits. <laughs> I was convinced that 100 was going to make it a hit, and then it did. But let me tell you, that's time-consuming. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. So how about another song? Uh, what okay. else would you like to play? Let me think um how about you know, you know i have a lot of duet guests on here mm -hmm. um I, I definitely want to talk about here after you play, uh, for sure. do you want me to play one of the duets yeah that'd be lovely okay let's see what have i got here this song is really cute um it's called blackie's gunman and it was written by uh, a AP. But, you know, AP and Maybell and Sarah shared all the writing credits, but they just put his name on there because it was a, a man in the 20s, you know. And everything was split three ways, so it's really hard to kind of figure out who did what, you know, exactly, and who and where AP picked up this song from or, you know, 
Anyway, this one was about, I, I chose this song. It, it spoke to me in the box set because I like the title of it. It's called Blackie's Gunman. And, I sh- and when I listened to the original version of it, it was Maybell singing this high little harmony with Sarah's beautiful alto. But it was this really sweet, happy little song. And uh, it's about a, being a gunslinger. And, uh, and so I did it with Elizabeth Cook. I don't know if y'all are familiar with her, but she is just a great gal. And her and I are both going to be on the Opry tonight, if y'all are going li- to tune into the Opry uh, or get down there to the Opry. Um, but anyway, so we sang this as Maybelle and Sarah did uh, in the old days. And I try to play it like she did as close as I can. <laughs> Blackie's gunman, the best of gunmen in the land. I could shoot the ace of diamonds with the draw from either hand. And with the dice, I had no equal. Some of them are with us now. Most of them are sadly sleeping Neat the weeping willow bow Many a cowboy came off laden Left that night with all her gold as a sport, I was broken. As a sport, I let it go. I once loved a girl named Nellie. How we love, no tongue can tell. But I know I'll never meet her. Oh, it's hard to say farewell. Ramping up. Her eyes were like the deep blue water, and her hair was golden curled, and her cheeks were crimson velvet, and her teeth were snow white pearls. Together we live in a cottage And our life it was a dream And the angels they watched over us Made our life one happy dream
Carlene Carter on WFBK's Live Lunch. Her new album's called Carter Girl on Rounder Records. And that was a Carter family classic there, Blackie's Gunman. And Elizabeth Cook is the guest on the song, as you yeah. mentioned. Yeah, and we sang the whole thing together just the way uh, Sarah and Maybell did. But they just sounded like such young girls doing it. And Elizabeth and I, she's, she's a lot younger than me. So I, I sound a little bit older. <laughs> but the great Sam Bush, I don't know if there's any Sam Bush fans oh, yes. here. Yeah. He is all over that track. And he actually joined us the other night. We played at the Station Inn in Nashville and had my record release party there around her threw me a little do. And I played for about 90 minutes. And I had some guests. And Elizabeth joined me. She's on six of these songs. So I had to dub her a, an honorary Carter girl. <laughs> That's yeah. quite an honor. Yeah. Um, you also have some other guests on this record. I was hoping you could talk about that. Got- oh yeah, I've just got I've got some nice men. Mm-hmm. Chris <laughs> Christopherson being one of Chris them. Chris Christopherson, yeah, and um, and Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. and uh, the most graceful and glorious singer Vince Gill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great fun to uh, be able to work with all three of those guys. My husband's on the record too. He's on the single Little Black train and um and he's also on poor old heart sick me but he's he actually has studied opera so the fact that he's on a country record he really loves that because he likes (laughs) country music more than uh that but yeah i love sharing the song with uh willie and with chris both i can do one of either one of those sure um i want to talk a little bit about willie nelson because willie actually knew your family right Oh, yeah, all of these people did. That was how it worked out, kind of. I had, as I said, I had lots of lists. I had also had about a list with about 50 people on it that I thought ought to be on the album. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you can ask so many. Well, my, as I said, everything just has been so cool. Everybody that I asked on the first few all said yes. So I had plenty. <laughs> and it was, uh, I'm not going to say what order they were in, but it was, uh, Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, Vince Gill. My, of course, my husband's number one. I have to say that. Joe Breen. Yeah, Joe yeah. Breen. And uh, yeah, and, and it just all worked out that way. Yeah. So, and so, but but Willie, I've got the funny story about Willie. You want to yeah, hear that? Absolutely. Okay. I love Willie Nelson. Um, I went to, I, I was told, okay, you're going to Austin, you're going to record with Willie. And, um, and I was all excited. I went down to Austin, but there was no set time or date, and I was going to get a call because he was working on a record. So I kept waiting, and, of course, I'm visiting with my – I've got a couple of grandkids down there with my daughter and kind of being grandma a bit, but I'm starting to get a little nervous. Nothing's happening. Nobody's calling me back. Finally, I get this call. He said, okay, Willie's ready to do the vocal now. I'm going, great. Where would I come? And they said, well, uh, we're at House of Blues Studio in Nashville. Oh, no. And I'm like <laughs> – and he's ready to do it now. So thank goodness for our new technology. I was able to send him the track, and he was able to put it on there. So I didn't actually get to sing it with him in person. But um, everything that I could have dreamed of that he did on it, he did. Yeah. Does he play guitar on it as well? Yes, he plays guitar on it, and Mickey Raphael plays the harmonica, so it has a good Willie sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Do you want me to do that one? Yeah, it would be wonderful. Okay. Well, um, tell us and the name this of song, this song. This song was written by my grandmother and my grandfather. Um, I'm a little out of tune. Let me just do this really quick, friends, because Mother Maybell will be rolling over in the grave. <laughs> she'd, she'd be giving me that look, as we called it. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I'm not good enough to skip the strings that are out of tune. <laughs> 
All right, but anyway, so Grandma wrote this with um, Grand Granddaddy, and that's a little bit better. Uh, and Dixie Hall, who is Tom T. Hall's wife, she lived with them. Her name used to be Dixie Dean, and she was a trick rider from England. She was a trick horse rider from England, and I was just intrigued with her. And so it really was neat that I could include her. She was somebody from my childhood and that was around for the Carter family and everything. So um, this is a perfect song for Willie and me. It's called Troublesome Waters. Troublesome waters was blacker than night A hiding from view The harbor's bright light Lost in the turmoil Life's stormy sea I cried to my Savior Have mercy on me Gently I'm feeling The touch of His hand Guiding my boat and safely to land, leading the way to heaven's bright shore with troublesome waters and fearing. No more troublesome waters rolling so high. I lift up my voice and to heaven I cry, Lord. Give guidance to me Steady my boat On life's troubled sea Gently I'm feeling The touch of his hand Guiding my boat Safely land Leading the way To heaven's bright shore Where troublesome waters Fearing no more troublesome waters. I'm fearing no 
I love that song. It's Carlene Carter live on WFBK's Live Lunch. Her new album's called Carter Girl on Rounder Records. Really beautiful. It just came out uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. So I've been celebrating all week long. I've been talking my head off (laughs) and seeing it everywhere I can listen and meeting lots of really good folks and... I'm very excited about it, and it's been getting great response. So, mm-hmm. now has, was the uh, was there some filming done in the making of the album? Yeah, I've actually been. Um, I'm, I, we just filmed a video for uh, the single "Little Black Train" on Tuesday, the same day I played Station in. I actually did a video, go wow. figure, and <laughs> did a couple of radio shows. Oh yeah, I did. Some, yeah, so I was like all over the place. Uh, anyway, we've been filming to kind of make have a, a short film about the making of this record and about my relationship to the music and the heritage factor part of it. And, um, and it's got some interesting things. It's like normally my film guy would be here today, but he, we're on a deadline for this video. So he had to go back to Connecticut to cut it, but he would have been here. He was going to film this. All right. And y'all would have all been in my movie. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So next time, how can we, uh, how can we see that movie? Uh, well, I, I don't know yet, but okay. you, you, but I will make it available and, and anybody out there that wants to like check out where I am and anything I'm doing, you can go to Carlene Carter fan com, and Brad is my, uh, president, El Presidente of the fan club. <laughs> and he always knows everywhere I'm at. You can also go to rounder records or Carlene net. And uh, I love getting letters and posts on Facebook and I'm a tweeter or Twitter, I don't know what you call it. I'm <laughs> trying to get with it, and I'm, so I want all y'all, if you tweet, to tell everybody you know to tweet me and be my friends, and I'll tweet them back. <laughs> if this is how it works, I don't know. I'm try- I'm just learning. I, I've, I've, I've actually tipped up to 830 people, so I'm really rocking now. <laughs> um, Carlene, you include a song on this album that you had recorded before me and Wildwood Rose. Oh, yeah. I was hoping you could talk about that song a little bit. Yeah, that song is, um, it's really dear to me because it's about back in the day when me and my little sister, Rosie, my mother had always called her the Wildwood Rose. And she, she, she her, I was Carlini and Rosie was the Wildwood Rose. And uh, my little cousin, Lori, she was with us too, you know, a lot of the time. But mostly it was me and Rosie. Mama drug us around all the times and with grandma would drive like a bat out of hell <laughs> i mean she would drive fast <laughs> i got my heavy leaded foot from her and uh we would go off uh and go play the fairs but rosie and i spent most of our time on the floorboard of a big black cadillac that's where our little world was and we had quilts and we made ourselves a bed and we spooned and that's where we slept and there was even a time that um a, a t- time period where the bass fiddle that Aunt Nita was playing was my bed. I small myself in there, and then as Rosie came along, she that was her crib backstage, and so that's how we grew up. Wow. And and I look back at those times, and I wrote this song back in 1989, and it was on the I Fell in Love CD, and it meant a lot to me at the time uh, because I'd written it thinking about my grandmother and this now has since everyone in the Carter family of those people, well, mama, Helen, Nita, grandma have all passed away. It means even more to me now to share this song. And it's just got a deeper meaning to me, 
because I, I would give anything to be back in those days and be singing with them again. I really would. You want me to do it? That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Okay, I hope I'm stealing <laughs> some sort of tune. <laughs> I'm gonna try to yodel it. So if I if I don't, it's it's Louisville allergies. <laughs> In my grandma's house, her children would sing. Guitars twang and their laughter would ring. I was little, but I was the biggest kid. I wanted to do what the grown-ups did. In a big shiny car, we'd head down the road. Sing for the miners who brought out the coal many times. I slept on the floorboards cold on a quilt. My little sister, the wildwood rose. And if I could change her, then in this world I'd go back to the days Grandma and her girls were seen and sweet and low For me and the wildwood road We'd be way down the road by the break of dawn Biscuits and gravy and a truck stop Sound and world on my own. Saw what I saw in the rearview mirror. I'd get a wink from my grandma. And if I could change a thing in this world, I'd go back to the days. Grandma and her girls were seen and Sweet and love for me and the wild rose. Hey, Leo. Hey, Leo. Oh, I'll always remember the day that she died. My daddy called me and he started to cry. And I rode on an airplane with all of my pain. And my tears would not stop. Stood in a circle and sang Will the circle be unbroken By and by, Lord, by and by There's a better home awaiting In the sky, Lord, in the sky
Another great song there from Carlene Carter. Thank you. And that appears on Carter Girl, Carlene's new album. This has been one of the fastest hours on the radio. Thank you so much, Carlene. Wow, thank you. Thank you guys so much. You're awesome. What a pleasure to have you. And thank you for coming out to WFPK's Live Lunch. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to WFPK Radio Louisville's Live Lunch, made possible by our contributing listeners. Andy High is our recording engineer. Paul Nevitt runs the house sound. And WFPK's Live Lunch is produced by Stacey Owen.